You are listening to Constructing Education in a Digital World with Paul Stephen Jennings and Tom Rodone. Charlotte, welcome to our, our podcast and thank you very much for joining us. It's lovely to have you here. Um, we would like to talk a little bit about your about your business. How did you get started? What is the inspiration behind it? You know, how, thing, how things are going with, with Kids Inc.? Well, first of all, let me say thanks a lot for inviting me on. So Kids Inc. actually is a long, short story for me. I bought the company almost three years ago this summer in June. We very quickly went from just focusing on kindergartens and early years and play environments through to actually um, designing and manufacturing furniture for um, full schools. So K to 12 schools, including all areas, whether it's auditorium, offices, administration, receptions, classrooms, specialist rooms. One of the changes we've made is we've gone from being a distributor to actually a full-blown manufacturer. And we did that through creating a joint venture partnership with a very old and in Italy, a very famous furniture manufacturing company called GAM, Gonzagaredi Montessori, which was the original manufacturer making furniture for Maria Montessori almost 100 years ago now. What inspired the change for me to go from just focusing on distributing early years furniture to actually designing and manufacturing furniture for full schools was I saw a massive opportunity in the market to actually be a one-stop shop, not as a distributor, but actually being the direct manufacturer working across a broad range of furniture types, um, often with a, an element of customization for the school. Sorry, yeah. Charlotte, I was going to ask on that end, how much sort of customization are you doing? How many, how, how much have you changed the design of traditional furniture um, that you would, you know, see from these big manufacturers that you mentioned? Have you been pushing the envelope a little bit in that regard um, through your design process? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I would say, you know, our starting point is um, an established range of Italian furniture when it comes to school furniture. And definitely, if you compare that to pretty much all the major suppliers, which tend to be British, German, American, it's definitely got a different look and feel. It's much fresher, younger, different colour sets. So we don't go for the dark woods, the walnut type colours, but rather the light beach. So already our furniture look and feel is very distinctive. And, you know, anyone who sees our furniture in any project, they'll always comment on that. Wow, your furniture looks different to anything else we've seen before. It looks younger and fresher. The second thing is, you know, we're trying to innovate around the functionality of our furniture. So bring new items that are not just more tables and chairs, more cabinets, but actually rooted in the you know, the pedagogy, the teaching and learning that's happening in the spaces. So when we work on supplying furniture, we really try and work with the academic team as well as the owners, you know, to try and understand what they want to achieve in the spaces from a teaching and learning point of view. You know, so things that we've been designing recently, um, you know, are teacher pods that are mobile. So move, trying to move away from the typical um, desk at the front of a classroom, which is kind of, you know, a hangover from the industrial revolution when it comes to school classroom design. Moving to more flexible spaces where the teacher has a mobile pod that she can move around on the classroom and be kind of posted wherever, depending on, you know, the, the topic of the day, the setup for the day, the needs of the student. Uh, Paul and I have discussed mobile pods and uh, uh, dynamic teachers and having teachers moving around the room being definitely uh, 
a trend of of modern teaching that everyone is aiming for. Uh, when you're designing a piece of furniture that's going to serve as a mobile pod, how are you dealing with the power and the cable issues that, um, to me, become almost impossible to overcome? First of all, schools are wireless. So when it comes to connecting to, you know, the the um, projectors or the um, LED screens, we're finding more and more that everything's wireless. We're working on a new school right now in Abu Dhabi. Actually, there's no data points in all the classrooms, the corridors, and everything is wireless connection. The second point is um, technology has better and better battery performance. You know, so pretty much someone could come into school and do a day of study, be they a teacher or student, without really having to recharge. We're just executing for one school a digital design studio. Um, you know, and again, we debated long and hard about the whole kind of charging and, and um, power. And in the end, we just put traditional regular sockets around the wall in, you know, multiple and plentiful options. You know, that means that actually if, you know, if I'm with a group, I'm working, suddenly the battery goes, OK, I can go and sit on you know, a different piece of furniture with my group near the wall. So we've we've kind of gone through, you know, thinking, oh, we need power everywhere to being a bit more pragmatic about how you know, power can be set up in a, in a school. Um, Charlotte, you've mentioned a few times that, that school designs have tend to, tended to be very traditional uh, in the way that they were laid out. How are you finding the modern designs being accepted by a, a rather traditional um, uh, sector or a rather traditional environment? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we have owners and head teachers let's say because they're mainly the ones that are making the decisions um you know rather than kind of classroom teachers we find um you know there you know there are definitely extremes you know so we have some that just won't entertain anything different to the traditional classroom you know the age-old answer we get which quite frankly is depressing to hear you know well i did okay and that's how my classroom looked um <laughs> Right through. I think I've said that a few times. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Paul speaking, actually. Yeah, it does. Sorry. Um, and then you know we have you know delightful and progressive customers that we work with that really let us push the boundaries. In fact, we had a client recently where we thought we did something progressive. They you know they challenged us. You know we want something even more progressive. You know we feel like you know we've even seen this before. You know, and a lot of it also is finding the right evidence to convince people. So we don't just go with a list of furniture and design or we like it. You know, we try and really research what we're proposing, have evidence to support it. You know, so if there's anyone sat on the, the, the fence, we can usually push them over some kind of compelling research or ideas. Do you feel as a designer that uh, you are pushing uh, your customers more or are your customers pushing you to create more interesting spaces? Yeah, we're definitely pushing our customers more, although today we have like three or four great customers who we now we've worked with for you know, a reasonable amount of time that we're on the same level of thinking. So we kind of there's a bit of push each way. Um, you know what we try and do. So, for example, right now, my design team, um, they work on and we've got 10 people in design here in Dubai. We have, you know, three, four architects. We have a couple of interior designers. We have um, you know, an architect with a master's in furniture design. 
we have product designers, two of them. So we use their different skills to try and develop school interiors and school furnishing. At any one point of time, those designers are working on live projects. Um, usually they all have a brand new school, at least one that they're working on, as well as kind of some refurbishments in existing schools. And then they're working on a defined range of product developments, whether it's classroom furniture cabinets, laboratories, soft furnishing, libraries, innovation spaces. And actually we use this to then make sure we're always driving innovation and fresh ideas. In, Charlotte, in your in your standard classrooms, what technology are you seeing or are you pushing in parts of your design to mean that the the space is best utilised in the modern day? You know, first of all, just to maybe cover a, um, a you know a few seconds on why we think it's important to modernise the classroom as it is. The first thing is it's very clear that not all children learn in the same way. And it's also very clear that children have different needs when they're learning. You know, what I mean by that is if I think about my own family, they all have their preferred place in the house that can look very different from a lighting point of view, the type of seating or the position they get in um, when they're reading a book, writing an essay, thinking about a problem and how they're going to approach it or solve it individuals themselves can resonate with the fact that they feel more comfortable to learn and perform in different types of spaces with different types of seating. I think it's crucial that we offer choice for children to find their space in a classroom where they feel most at ease, they feel most relaxed, um, because that's the point at which the most learning happens. So that's the first thing. You know, we're trying to look at how we create a classroom full of options. Second thing is technology. I mean, clearly, um, technology has changed massively and is changing every year, actually. I mean, and probably even quicker than every year. You know, what that means is we imagine our furniture to be flexible to fit around any technology that comes. More and more students are given projects to work on together and more and more the output of that project, which is given to the teacher to mark, is through some kind of digital medium, be it a video, a podcast recording, um, or a PowerPoint presentation, um, or some kind of website development or you know web page that they need to create. Um, you know, again, if you're doing a video as the output of a piece of work you're working on in team, you know, a green wall, or a strip of green wall, or a corner of green wall in a classroom. You know, what we're really aiming for is more choice of, you know, how you can sit and how you can work and more options whereby, you know, the technologies we know are available today can be used in, you know, a better way than just sat at your desk in a row next to 24 other children all facing the same way or with, um, you know, a, a device or a, or a laptop or something. While, while on the technology front, yeah. uh, the last time you were in Qatar and all three of us met together with one of your clients, we started talking to them about a virtual reality and an augmented reality space. Are we going to start seeing this as a, as a new dedicated specialist room in schools in the future? Are you seeing this come up more with your clients? We're working on a 
digital design room right now for a very good customer of ours. When we first started the work, I guess the original thinking was it was a room designed for kind of technology and it was kind of like the IT room of the future. Actually, when we started to kind of spend a lot of time interviewing the teachers who were driving the curriculum that would be taught in that classroom, it was much more around project-based learning and real life problem solving. People in schools are moving away from like the technology room, like the IT room where you go to access technology and more into looking at a broader curriculum topic whereby technology can be applied to find the solutions. More and more, I would like to push schools to think, okay, what, what topics and content are they adding on top of the standard curriculum of maths, English, science, um, music, for example? What new kind of topics are they thinking about, whether it's innovation, entrepreneurship, and then how do they provide technology to help the students learn and deliver um, in those in those topics. When we went to school, we were learning the very basics of it. It has become so commonplace now that the basics are almost um, learned via osmosis when when children are very young. So now it is a case of you know getting children to understand how technology can be used in the future and how that is applied in the classroom is going to be a very interesting challenge for teachers uh, and and the people developing curriculums. Charlotte, you spoke just then about how you, you spend a bit of time talking to the teachers that are going to be providing the education in these digital rooms. How do you deal with a new school where you don't have teachers and designing the, the digital output of education? Okay, we do two things. You know, one is we talk to teachers of schools that we've worked on who we know to get their ideas and insights um, and we use that to help bring ideas to the client we're working with you know whether that's a headmaster without a team or an owner or a developer or an operator without a team and that's part of you know the unique service I think we provide as, at Kids Inc completely free of charges bringing ideas and thoughts and plans where teams don't exist because that's a real problem Tom I mean we see it all the time um, in the new school market the second thing we do is I mean we really make it our uh, business to go around and visit as many schools as possible so we're constantly looking for great stuff and bad stuff through that we come with ideas Charlotte Coronavirus has, has swept across the world and changed everything for everybody, probably forever. How do you think this is going to affect school design? And what should we be thinking as people who we are in the process, as you know, of designing a school? What do we need to be considering in our processes to make sure that we are socially distanced, ready for the future? My God, this is a tricky question because I have my own very clear view on Corona, which I'll try not to let influence my answer, actually. But I think, um, you know, in a year, all of this will be forgotten. That's my point of view. However, I do think that there will be more attention paid to planning how this can be avoided in the future. 
rather than the world having to shut down, what will be in place to, for example, keep schools going rather than having to shut them for a prolonged period of time, which I believe is, you know, very damaging, um, you know, for many children around the world, especially underprivileged children and families. I think um, there's some basics that we need to think about when we're using materials in schools. So what I mean by materials, I mean very basically, and we've already made this change actually in some schools we're working on now, you know, maybe where we would have used fabrics, we're using wipeable PVC, you know, without exception throughout a school. You know, and then it comes to furniture design. Um, you know, being asked actually, you know, how would you design furniture for, you know, a school who has to manage social distancing? Well, there are some things we can do with furniture to make it more easy to break up. So where maybe, you know, if, you know, everything is forgotten, you know, let's hope and everyone gets back to normal. It's it's joined together, it's used for collaboration, group work, closeness. Or maybe we never have a two-seater sofa, we always have a modular two-seater sofa that can be broken up into two individual pieces. Okay, Charlotte, we've talked a lot um, up until this point about what's going on, what's currently happening. Um, obviously, there are trends that you are very familiar with because you're you know, at the coalface in terms of the design. Where do you see a classroom in 10 years' time? I'm not sure what it will look like, but I can tell you what I would like it to look like. So I would like to walk into a school, whether it's um, a kindergarten, a primary school or a senior school, and I would like to see far fewer rooms, you know, so I'd like to see lots of open spaces, you know, progression of where offices have gone. So if you look at offices today, you know, they're open plan, no cubic, individual cubicles, um, people from all different functions um, work together, you know, in a school, maybe children of different ages work together, you know, maybe there's more outside, inside what I mean by that is I think especially in the Middle East, you know, clearly a lot more education is done inside. And, um, you know, we know that there's a massive impact through, you know, many studies and data um, that exist that, you know, the outside world, the nature, um, you know, kind of real uh, plants and water and, and, and features such as that, you know, have such a positive impact on you know, the learning and development of children, you know, maybe we found a way to bring those elements inside schools. I'd like to see um, a lot less use of kind of artificial surfaces. Um, you know, what I mean by that is 99% of playgrounds in the Middle East and Asia are made of, you know, rubber. Um, you know, I'd like to see only 5% of playgrounds made of rubber, you know, and the rest made of grass gravel, concrete, stones, you know, different textures, you know, that are actually those textures that we find, um, you know, sand that we find in real life, you know, around us, you know, in, in, in nature. The school of the future, the interior of the future takes more seriously the environment, you know, and the, and the what children are taught in terms of behaviours and habits you know, help them to take better care of the, the world and the planet as we know it today. You know, in very simple terms, I mean, I think out of all of our customers, and we've maybe sold furniture in the last year to maybe 120 different customers, only three of those customers 
have asked um, for wood coming from sustainable forestry sources. Actually, and we're very proud to say that 100% um, of the wood that we supply and make furniture from is FSC certified. I think we're one of the only school furniture manufacturers in the Middle East and Asia to actually have chain of custody um, certification for all of the furniture we make. So we make sure that every time we chop down one tree um, to use in the production of our furniture, actually we plant two um, back. You know, and how can that become a more serious consideration um, in you know the schools we furnish and how can that not only be it's not the furniture is the end in itself but it's part of the education that you give to children about what's important um, you know and how those kind of things impact on their future and the future of the world so yeah I'm definitely much more for um, an eco-friendly eco-focused open um, learning community you know hardly any tables and chairs adjustable tables if there are lots of kids standing if you can maybe close your eyes and imagine the apple office or the google office you know this is more akin to what i have um in my mind for the future of a school i think that's i mean i think you've touched on quite a few things that i've seen i work a lot more in corporate than i do in in education and we are seeing so many of these standards being pushed through into corporate the things that you've mentioned now and I think it's you're absolutely spot on having these sort of standards being brought into the classroom uh, or being in being brought into the school design, as well as the children being made aware of them and why they're important. I think would be absolutely essential for for the future of of our of educating children. Um, Charlotte, look, thank you very much for for everything that we've just been through. Uh, it's been really interesting to talk to you about what Kids Inc are doing and. Uh, uh, some of your key messages and I think what comes through is how the, the future of Kids Inc schools is a more sustainable environment that looks like a modern workplace uh, with learning communities less walls and more interaction and dynamic teaching with more choice and options to incorporate technology is a very exciting place to see as the future. Charlotte, thank you very much for today. Uh, we look forward to seeing you when we're allowed to travel again soon. Thank you. Thank you both. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for listening to Constructing Education in a Digital World. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode soon. Bye.